and interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. Hi friends, happy Monday. Today, I am so excited. I've got Brenda and Julia of the Roaring Twenties podcast. And let's roar like, roar like a lion. Um, I loved chatting with them. I've been following them for quite some time. I honestly, I say this a million times in the episode, but I wish I had a resource like their podcast when I was in my 20s. My 20s were a total shit show. Um, and I feel like they're just so much further evolved in their self-awareness and it's really refreshing. So if you are somebody in your 20s or you're not and you want to listen to be like, "Mm -hmm, yep, totally agree. Wish I had known that. um, I highly recommend you listen to this episode. So The Roaring 20s is a podcast that gets real and raw about the most exciting and confusing years of your life, your 20s. The podcast was created for women in their 20s to turn to during the most confusing and exciting years of their lives. They share stories, have real and raw conversations, and aim to make listeners feel a little less alone. They talk about the reality behind your 20s, and they want to make listeners part of the conversation that have has deeply impacted their own healing and growth. So I am so excited to welcome them to the podcast. Uh, here we have Brenda and Julia. Wonderful. So happy Sunday to us. It'll be Monday when this um, goes live. But um, I'm really excited to spend this time with you guys. I have Brenda and Julia from the Roaring Twenties podcast. And I've been following you both for quite some time. Um, We were just chatting before and you're on episode 200 and is it 215? Or have you surpassed that? I think yeah, I think it yeah, it's like it's like 20 something, 220 something now. It's amazing. Crazy. Amazing. And I, so I'm well past my twenties. In fact, I'm coming up on 40 in April, but I feel like they were not that long ago. And mm-hmm. there is just, there's so much value in what you're sharing. And I wish, I wish that I had had a resource like this when I was in my twenties, I was thinking back to my twenties and I was like, wow, they were horrible. Like, I am so glad that I had those experiences <laughs> because of it, it brought me to where I am today. But mm-hmm. oh my God, was I just like navigating a landmine. I had no idea what I was doing. I did everything wrong. I had no mentor. I had no resources, no good examples. Everyone I was surrounding myself with was like the worst people I could have been surrounding myself with. Like my priorities were mm-hmm. so wrong. Like the things that I thought would make me successful. And and the things I was going after were just, everything was wrong. It was just all wrong. So I love. It's crazy out here. (laughs) This is so, it's just so powerful. You're so welcome. Um, So how did you guys meet? I know you've been friends for a really long time and you grew up in on Long Island, correct? Even though that's not Brenda where you're originally from. Um, (laughs) Tell me about your, your childhood and where, you know, what it was like growing up and, and how the two of you have come together and stayed friends for so long. Yeah, absolutely. Brenda, do you want to tell her about our elite nice people group? I will. Yeah. Um, so in terms of when we actually started becoming friends, um, we were both in 
I guess it was the fifth and sixth grade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this group of like <laughs> we always laugh together and we're like, oh, it's called it was a group of elite, really nice people. Um, like we're the elite ones, the elite fifth <laughs> and sixth graders. Oh, it, extra but here's nice. the thing, like at a time where the cool thing was like to be sporty and beautiful and like all this stuff, I was so proud that we were a part of a group in our elementary school for just like being really nice and being able to teach kindergartners um how to read and how to not bully each other and like stuff like that it was called peacemakers was like the real name of the group we've now retitled it to elite nice people group but yeah we basically like went into like kindergarten classrooms and taught the kindergarten kids about like anti-bullying and like taking care of people and like how to communicate and like it's so funny to reflect on it now that we do this show now we're like hmm that was actually really fitting yeah. It's an evolution. You've just yeah. taken it to the next level. You really <laughs> have. And and to your point, Kristen, from what you mentioned before, um, with just like creating the show and whatnot, that was part of a, a huge reason why we wanted to start this podcast to begin with was because we felt alone and lost in our early 20s. And we're like, there's no shot that we're the only people feeling this. Like we you know, you're focused on what your dream job should be, or you're focused on what every aspect of your life should be. Right. And, um, we're like, if we can not only have these vulnerable conversations and make other people know that they're not alone throughout this journey, but also get, have access to people who have figured some things out and take their tips, take their tools and ask ourselves these things now so that we don't, you know, look back in a couple of years and feel like we, whether it's wasted our time or don't look back and just feel like crummy for not celebrating things we should have celebrated in the moment. So that's a big piece of it. And Mm -hmm. as we started to kind of see that together, like, and have these conversations, we both felt so much more vulnerable with each other. Like our friendship got so much deeper um, in our early twenties, especially after college, because we were like willing to break down our walls. You know, we weren't trying to prove something to each other. We weren't like, oh, you know, I have this figured out. The more that we were honest about like, listen, this is how I'm feeling today. And I'm kind of feeling crummy because of it. Um, Not only helped us kind of release that momentary shame that we had, but also like helped Julia, helped all of our friends be like, oh, it's okay that I'm feeling this way too. And it's temporary. Yeah. I love that. Just being able to acknowledge the fact that you don't have everything figured out. I think so many of us in our twenties feel like we've graduated, perhaps we've graduated college and we're entering like the career, you know, the corporate world or, you know, uh, entrepreneurship, whatever it happens to be. And we think that we're adults, like we're supposed to have it all figured out. We're supposed to know what we want, how to get it and be on our way. And I love that you were able to say, I actually don't have it figured out and I'm not really sure how to navigate this. And then Julia can say, I don't either. And then you have, you know, other women and you're on your podcast and you're creating this community of people who are saying like, I actually don't know either. Let's learn together. I love that. Yeah. And I think especially like there's at that time when you're graduating college and you're moving from like this adolescence to adulthood in a way there there really is this notion of should like air quotes should should have the dream job should have the right relationship should be financially stable should have your mental and physical health in order and especially in the age that we came into that of social media, Mm -hmm. there's so much comparison. Like Mm -hmm. it's you, you open your phone every five minutes and it's like, oh, you see that person in their perfect relationship and you see that person in their perfect job and that person on the perfect vacation. And it's just, it's not reality that 
anyone I think has it all together yeah. in all areas of their life. And it was so freeing to be able to talk about that with each other and with I mean, our audience and the community that we've created. And also I say it all the time, like this show feels so selfish because we get to speak to people and like learn from people who have done some things right or who are also yeah. figuring it out and have picked up tools and tips on the way. And I know for a fact that we are such, even though we still don't have it all together in any sense of the word, but like we are much more evolved versions of ourselves than I think we would have been have we not gotten to have these incredible conversations and learn from like so many incredible women that we and, and men that we've gotten to speak to through the show. Amazing. So your mission is a podcast that gets real and raw about the most exciting and confusing years of your life, your 20s. What has been the most exciting and the most confusing aspect of your 20s so far? Ooh, that, no one has asked <laughs> us that before. I'm an interviewer by profession. So I'm an HR director in my quote unquote real life. So I come out with some of these questions that people are I like, first it. time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love, love it. Too. Um, I would say for me, the most exciting, honestly, I think is just like, I can think of so many different examples, but um, is anything that I wouldn't have expected to play out in the way that it did, which is so many things, including moving in with my boyfriend um, after just like so many years of kind of wanting that, but it feeling so out of reach. I think so many things that I define as like the most exciting are things that like kind of came about a little bit unexpected, but that just kind of showed me to have more faith in the day-to-day -day and more faith in myself because everything really does have a purpose. So I think that's definitely the most recently exciting thing just because yeah. I, it's just been so special. Like I've been between that and just garnering such a higher level of independence than I knew I could have or knew I would even like to have. Um, and also kind of exploring how that plays into my actual relationship has been really cool. Um, and just like how things evolve. Like I, I think I've always thought for some reason that like, oh, in your 20s, even though certain things feel out of reach or might not happen right away, like I expected to like, I don't know, I guess feel some type of way um, when milestone moments would happen, but it's just like life continues to happen. Like, I don't know. And it's really interesting. Um, and as for confusing, um, I think as we get older, I feel this like we were just talking about this on the episode that we recorded, like exaggerated responsibility for a lot of different things, whether it's like having my finances together or, you know, thinking about better decisions I could have made. So I think this like weird complex between this idea of what it means to be an adult um, at the same time of like, you're going to need help at any age, you're going to need to not be so hard on yourself at any age and kind of navigating all that. I would say that my most exciting was um, I just moved to LA. Welcome. October. <laughs> I know. I know you're so here exciting. from here, Kristen. Thank yeah. you. Um, you know, picking up, I've, I've grew up in New York my whole life and like picking up my life and kind of leaving like everybody I love and my family and like everyone I know to 
to do this thing that I felt was like calling me um, that I always wanted to do and kind of shoved down for a long time. And it, that feels like the most exciting thing because it taught me that like, even if some, even if I'm not sure about something and even if there's parts of fear or it's like an unknown that I can do it and like, no matter what, it's going to be okay. And that was like a really exciting learning for me of like, like, I'm in control of my life and like I can make decisions in my life that feel right for me and mm. like they're gonna they're gonna work out and like or I'm gonna learn something from it or you know or even if like everyone around me doesn't see the vision like I believe in my own vision for mm. it and you know finding grounding in that felt really exciting um and something that I don't think I had cultivated yet and the most confusing thing in my 20s so far has been um, navigating my worthiness outside of my career. Um, I've always been so defined and I am still so defined by my career. I mean, I've been an actor since I was eight. Um, and that being an actor has defined I think who I am like mm -hmm. as a whole. And whenever someone asks like, oh, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm Julia, I'm an actor. Like that's always right. kind of the first thing that I've thought of when it comes to who am I as Julia and needing to navigate like you're not just your career and like you are worthy outside of either success or not success at certain times in your career. And that has been confusing and really interesting and difficult to navigate mm, that's a good one that's something that people don't really always even recognize until so much later in life I love that you've kind of identified that I'm actually reading a book now it was a Scout Sobel recommendation or maybe Lacey Phillips to be magnetic I'm very much into like the you know unblocking the self-limiting mm. beliefs about your core values and you know, who are you when someone asks you to introduce yourself? I'm, I'm Kristen. I'm an HR director. I'm Kristen. I'm a podcast host. I'm Kristen. I'm a mom of a toddler. You know, you're Julia, an actor, like, and then is that, is that it? Or is there more, right. you know, who are we outside of that? And I think that's such a powerful kind of exploration and it probably never ends because it changes. Oh, yeah. When I was in my, you know, teens, I was Kristen, in high school and in my twenties, I was Kristen who, you know, whatever it happens to be. And it, it changes. Um, I think that's really exciting that you're kind of diving into that now and looking yeah. at that. What has, so I love the fact that you trusted your own decision-making and you trusted, you know, you believed that you knew what was best for you and making a move and, you know, making a move across the country doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to move and you're going to be there forever. Like you can never decide to move somewhere else. And, um, I did the same thing actually in my early, when I was 31, I was like, I'm not going to let another birthday pass by and still be in Philadelphia. Like mm -hmm. I have to make a change to my twenties, you know, it was time. And I moved to LA. Um, and, and people were like, wow, that's crazy. Like I could never do that. Like, I wish I could do that. How did you just get up and go? Like, wasn't that scary? Um, and yes, it was, but it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, but I'd like to hear your experience in doing that too, because it is scary and it is hard and going into the unknown. A lot of people are not willing to do that. What was some of like the thought process behind that? And how did you how did you actually take that step, you know, booking that plane ticket, finding a place to live, like actually 
I still remember being in the airport the last time I was leaving Philadelphia, like, this is it. And there was a painting on the wall and it was like this scribbly abstract artwork. And I took a picture of it and I was like, this is my brain right now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how I feel, but yeah. I'm going. And yeah. I just, just walked onto the, just kept going. What was your experience like in that decision-making and also like arriving and saying like, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was interesting. I, I always, when I was a kid, like I always wanted to live out here. I always thought I would move to LA after either for college or after college. And then, you know, life happens and things kept me in New York and I was, and then the pandemic happened, which like kept us all in our apartments and, um, you know, really changed my life. It stopped my whole career for a year and a half, like Mm -hmm. just completely shut down, um, for the most part. And I, I, there was, there were a lot of things that were calling me out here. Like there were job opportunities and a boyfriend and friends. And like, a, I had, I will say like, I had a lot out here. I didn't just like go to a city where I didn't have anything. Like I have mm-hmm. a ton of friends out here. I have a boyfriend out here. Like I have a job opportunity out here. So I will say that that was like easier for me than like a lot of people who might like pick up and move to another city and might not know anybody there. Like I I did have a lot waiting here for me, but I didn't know when the time was going to be right. And I just was, it was just nagging on me. It was like LA, 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 like, what would it be like? What would it be like? What would it be like? And I just, I, I had to say to myself, I was like, well, yeah, going and telling the people that you love here in New York, which was the hardest thing for me that I'm leaving, um, it's going to be rough. And I don't know if I'm going to have everybody's support. And I'm going to be missing a lot of things here if I do this. But like, if I don't go, like, I'll always wonder what if I did. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that was like the biggest push. Like I, it was like, well, I can't, how could I live with that? Like, it if I go, I could hate it and come back. Mm -hmm. And I think I gave myself that permission. And I think that that was really necessary because I think people make big decisions in their life and then they feel like they have to stick to it or Mm -hmm. it's a failure. And for me, I gave myself the permission for it to be a failure. Like I'm going to go. And if it sucks, that's okay. You can come back. Like that's not failing. Like you gave yourself you tried something that was calling you. And so I think that was like a really important piece of it. I was giving myself that permission and I would encourage anyone making a big decision in their life, like give yourself the permission to fail Mm. Um, because going and failing and coming back would feel better to me than not ever going at all and not giving it that shot. So yeah, that was, that was it for me. And then like the actual getting here was a little rough because like, well, I had a great situation. Like my friend lives out here who needed a roommate. So like we moved in together and he's been my best friend since we were 13. And, um, so like he found a place for us to blah, blah. And then of course, like I'm supposed to move in September and then I get a job, I book a job in New York and then I have to be in New York for another month and a half. And all of my shit is in boxes and I don't have an apartment. And like, so I have to like stay with my family and everything's in boxes. And that was just like, so crazy. And for a second, I was like, fuck, like, is this a sign that I shouldn't go right right of course I had that feeling but I was like no like this is a sign that you're making the right decision because then other things in your life are starting to say yes to you Mm, that abundance yeah I mean my dad said that to me he like because like I was feeling that right away and then and then I was like on the phone with my parents I was like this is so crazy and he's like 
he's like, it's yeah. He's like, it's right. It makes sense. Like you said yes to that. And now other things in the universe are saying yes to you because you followed your intention. Um, and yeah, it was really true. So I'm out here now. Yay. It's coming great. I love it out here. But <laughs> of course that. I miss New York. And it was really hard to to um to tell peop- my people there that I was making this like big life changing decision because of course it doesn't always if only affect you. It does affect the people around you. And yeah. that's hard. It is. It is hard. I love what you said though. And I think sometimes we come to the realization that it's there's more fear around the not doing and staying where you are than there is around the going. Like, yes, it's scary to make a big decision and act on it, but it's, there's more fear around, well, what if I don't, you know, I need to to try that. And I think trying is the succeeding. It's not going and loving it and never leaving. That's not, that's not the the be all and end all. It's the the succeeding is actually giving it a shot and finding out whether you want to be there, where you want to go next and what it has to offer and just going on that journey and not being afraid to say yes. Um, I love that. So anyone who's listening, who's maybe contemplating a big decision, um, talk to Julia's dad. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to him. He's great. That was amazing. Uh, But yeah, I think I love that giving yourself permission to fail. And I don't even think it's failing. I think it's giving yourself permission to change your mind perhaps. Mm, Yes. You know, it's not meant, nothing is meant to be permanent and to be stagnant. I love that. Yeah. Um, Wow. I love that reframing of it because it's so true. Yeah. Like you didn't fail because you tried and you're allowed to change your mind. Yeah. For sure. And and I think honestly, Kristen, that's a big thing that we've been learning throughout the show is like, we feel in our twenties that, you know, a decision can be so permanent. Or I think even we talk about when it comes to college, like some people major in things in school and then decide they want to do something totally different and are ashamed to do so because they said something different a couple of years ago. There's so much shame around that. There's I think. so much shame around yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that really Julia's example of how she kind of took that on herself, although hers was not related to her changing her career path or her idea of that, her vision of what her life was going to be for the next year or five years or 10 years, whatever, even if it's different from what maybe she initially expected or what people around her expected, whatever. Like, I think that finding some peace in the sense of exactly what you said, that like not everything is permanent Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to change your mind. And it's okay if like one day this vision of your life is like so crystal clear. And then the next day it looks a little bit different. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's so much that I think we keep coming up against that we're like, okay, whoa, I'm learning this. I'm learning this. And it just like kind of every experience pushes us in a different direction. Um, and yeah, I think that's just been such a big core thing that we keep coming back to is like, mm-hmm. it's not permanent and it doesn't have to be such a big deal because I think that's part of what we put a lot of pressure on for big decisions is like, oh, well, if I maybe go in this direction, then nothing will ever be the same. And then Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, kind of like that thought spiral, honestly. So I do think that for anyone who's listening, who's making a big decision, one, the, one of the most important things to do is really, really like ask yourself, like, what, how do I really feel about this? Because Mm -hmm we can let so much outside noise affect what we think, whether it's convincing ourselves that a situation isn't right, that is, um, Mm -hmm. or convincing ourselves that in a totally other direction um, and maybe talking ourselves out of a certain decision based on Mm -hmm. what other people think. So um, there's so many different aspects of it, but I think really getting clear on what we actually are looking for in this moment and being okay if it changes. Yeah, it's so true. I love that. Um, Brenda, I wanted to talk to you too about your, so I think, you know, 
from listening to your podcast and following you guys on Instagram for quite some time, um, you share a lot about your health journey and, Mm. you know, some of the intimidation that you felt around improving your health and making changes. Um, And you have come so far and some of your shares are just like, like they make me teary eyed. Like I remember joining a gym in Philadelphia and I was like, I'm going to go to the fancy gym and it's going to make me want to go. And I would walk to the gym and then I'd be like, oh, fuck it. And I would walk past it. I wouldn't even go in. I would actually be dressed, ready to go, walk to the gym and get to the door and be like, I'm I'm just going to go like to Barney's or Barnes and Noble or something like to make me feel better because I can't go in there. I just can't do it. Um, So I would love to hear a little bit more about your experience because I know there are so many other people who are just so unsure of where to start of, you know, how to just take that first step to improving their health and well-being. And you've just made leaps and bounds and you're glowing. And I just, I, I love watching, you know, all of the things that you've been sharing and learning throughout your journey. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That means like probably more than I could put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it, it was honestly a very long process. Like I, and I, I think that there, there's something to say about that too, that like it's okay if certain things take a while and it's okay if, you know, you're unclear or whatever. Um, but I think I, I definitely always struggled to my, with my relationship to my body growing up. And especially through college, I had for sure been yo-yo dieting for a large majority of life. And I think restricted, I was either like all on, um, and was like, perfectly restricting, which I'm not saying is the right thing to do, but in my opinion at the time, that's how I felt. Um, or I was totally not, you know, and I was eating all of the things and struggling with binging before I even really understood what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think after that, because there was a point in life where I found that I did really desperately need some self-acceptance and some self-love that I clung to that so tightly that I associated self-love and self-respect, meaning I couldn't work on my physical aspect at any means because it was shallow or it was wrong, or it meant that I only believed one form of physicality was superior. And I didn't believe that either. So I felt such a like cognitive dissonance because I'm like, damn, like this feels like it's important to me. But at the same time, I have such a heart for other people and such a heart for past versions of myself that I would never want to you know, have this demeanor where I'm like, everybody should be doing this and smaller is better and all this stuff. So I was in a rut for a little while of just honestly confusion, which I probably could have used for my answer to what was confusing is I felt so confused by what was morally okay. And what was okay for me to pursue without risking any sort of like negative behaviors um, or thought patterns or like actions with food or with exercise, whether too little or too much. Um, So as I kind of explored that, I started working with someone one-on-one, which is why I'll always be an advocate for whether it's mental health or physical health or whatever related. I think we are so much more powerful when we have guidance and community and that there is nothing wrong with needing that at any stage in life. I think the most successful people in the world have some sort of community accountability guidance. Um, And yeah, and then I honestly just started working through a lot of my limiting beliefs, a lot of them being around what I believed about myself when it came to fitness, what I believed about myself when it came to what's okay. Um, And then I slowly, especially after COVID, kind of had a 
not a break. I don't know what the right word is, but after gyms were opening again and whatnot, I was like, Ooh, I've always been so nervous to like actually step into a gym. Um, just cause I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. And <laughs> like, I've only ever done cardio. Um, but yeah. then, right. But then once Still. I, actually, yeah. And then once I actually started jumping in there, I did actually get, um, support from a personal trainer. Cause I'm like, somebody's got to show me what to do. Um, and I just felt so much more confident and now it's just part of my routine. It's part of my day to day. And I feel like I've finally found this balance, um, of doesn't mean perfect. And I think that that's been a big part of my journey is being able to reassess what balance means to me Mm -hmm. and what it looks like in different seasons. I know for myself during the holidays, balance is participating in meals with my family is a whole lot more. (laughs) Um, whereas maybe now in a period where things are a little bit more calm, I like cook a lot more, um, or I bring my lunch to work, um, or depending on like how my finances are, sometimes I'll order in more, you know? So I just think I've learned to redefine what balance means to me too. And to just be able to, to implement that and to also stand firmly in what feels right to me and try not to think too much about what people may or may not be thinking about Mm -hmm. what feels right to me. Yeah. That's interesting that you were thinking about what other people would think about your journey to health and, and loving yourself that you were, you were like, well, if I'm, if I have this radical self-acceptance then I shouldn't right. That should came back in. I shouldn't care what I look like physically. And you had this like battle internally of what the perception of your goals might be as opposed to like what you wanted for yourself and what kind of felt good. So it, it sounds like almost like this, just like listening to your gut and your intuition. And again, like trusting that, you know, what's, what's best for you. Yeah. Um, You putting it like that for sure. And I think that that was a big focus of, um, 2021 for me, Julie and I talked about it probably every episode to some degree, but I really, really was working on what parts of me were still in efforts to either please other people or to please a greater narrative and what pieces of myself that I felt like I was kind of sacrificing because I was worried about how it would make me seem. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's so interesting. So if we're taking it like really back to basics, what was like the first step you took? Like, how did you kind of build that self-confidence? I think working with someone, whether it's a coach or a personal trainer, just having somebody to physically and metaphorically hold your hand makes such a difference. But for you, what was kind of like the mindset shift where you were like, I'm going to push through this kind of uncomfortable feeling? Yeah, definitely. I think that definitely what you said about working with someone one-on-one, but I think with that came like checking in, not just with someone else weekly, but also with myself. Um, because as I was, you know, filling in these questions or talking to someone verbally, like we are now just about like how I was feeling and thoughts I was having, I think it just made me gain so much more self-awareness about certain stories and beliefs I had that I didn't even realize I had, you know, that's why I think Mm. you love podcasting so much too, is because it's like, as you're speaking, yes, there are things you've considered before, but like things flow out of you that you're like, oh, oh, okay. Um, and I think that now I have such a heightened sense of self-awareness where I, I, I just feel so much more apologetic in, in so many different aspects of my life because I took the time to check in with someone, check in with myself, answer the hard questions. Um, but I would say in terms of like, what was the, the tangible thing that made me say like, you know what, this is uncomfortable and I don't know if it's okay or right for me to pursue it is I, th- I think I started small. Like, I think I started talking to 
people that I trusted and loved because beyond what they would think about um, what I'm pursuing, I think I was also worried that they would think I was like slipping back into old habits in a negative way. So I think I, the vulnerability piece of it all helped me tremendously is being like, these are all the things I'm worried you're going to think. <laughs> and here's where I actually am. And I just need you to trust me in the way that I'm trying to trust myself, that I am in a good headspace. And that if I ever feel like I'm not in a good headspace, that I will let you know. And I will ask for help. And I think that because I had asked for help in phases in the past when I did need it, I started to trust that if I ever had gotten there again, that I would never let myself like get to any sort of rock bottom again. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I love that. Starting small, starting small, just having those conversations. And I think you probably find so many times that all the things you were worried about don't actually exist. You know, you kind of voice your feelings to someone and they're like, oh, I wouldn't really have, have thought yeah. that of you or whatever it happens to be. Um, and it was just kind of, again, you had said earlier, like that thought spiraling um, and you create mm-hmm. these situations that maybe exist and you can nip them in the bud or maybe don't even exist at all. And you can just yeah. kind of like, it's a wash and you can move past yeah. that. For sure. And Julia was like, totally proved that to me all the time. Cause I'd be like, listen, I'm worried that you're going to think this. And she's like, that did not even cross my mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. But I think I'm also like, no. with you. Yeah. She's like, I didn't even think about that. Um, well, you've said starting small and it did make me think if, if somebody is listening now and they're like, I want to take control of my health, my wellness, my mental health, where do I start? Um, I do think that starting small is it like, yes, now I have a much more like specific training plan, um, and whatnot, but like in the beginning, like I was like, girl, drink enough water, like walk a little, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it doesn't have to be this crazy intense, um, thing that I think it's painted out to be. I think depending on the levels in which you want to go to, some people love feeling like an athlete. Some people love going for a walk in the sunshine and both are beautiful, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You don't have to, you know, clock in an hour a day at the gym. You don't have to do, mm-hmm. I used to think it was like, if I don't do 60 minutes of cardio five days a week, it doesn't count. I'm never going to lose weight. And now I'm like, um, I'm going to take a walk while I listen to a podcast and then I'm going to do Pilates and I'm in better shape than I ever was counting calories mm-hmm. and counting, you know, cardio minutes. So, um, I think I agree with you. Starting small is, is everything. I mean, you can't get to Z without going ABC, right? We can't, we can't just expect to overhaul our entire lives in in one week or a 30 day program or anything like that. It's what are you going to do when you wake up in the morning? What are you going to do before you go to bed? What are you going to do in between? What are you going to do tomorrow? You know, it's just taking it incrementally and then building on that. I love that. And you're a perfect example of that. Yeah. And that's what creates habits that stick. Like we're really big advocates of that. Atomic Habits is like our favorite book ever. Yes. Like it, it, you know, and I I saw it with Brenda, like when she was, you know, in her past yo-yo dieting or or binging or whatever, and like things didn't stick. You have to build these habits so that you're really creating like a lifestyle that is serving you versus like you said, like the 30 day thing or like going ham seven days a week for like three weeks and burning out in whatever it is in your life doesn't have to be just fitness like that could be for work that could be for anything and like when you do start small you have the opportunity to create habits that last yeah you are speaking my language oh my <laughs> everyone should read atomic habits everyone it's our favorite. should read it yes yeah. highly recommend highly, um, highly recommend love it so if you could leave the listeners with one what is what is the best piece of advice that you've heard that you wish you had known entering your 20s. I I always say the same one because it is something that I truly try to remind myself every day um, is that the universe has a greater 
plan for you than you can see and it's going to be better than you can even imagine and I find myself wavering on my belief with that sometimes and it's but it is like the piece of advice that I that shifts my whole life every time I ground myself in that because I just find it to be so true that like you can try all you want to like control everything and things are gonna fall apart and break apart but like that happens for a reason and like if you show up for yourself the universe will show up for you and it's gonna be better than than you could probably even predict for yourself yes I love that I think for me um if I, it was for earlier on in my twenties and I, and I think it still applies now, but just that like our worthiness is entirely intrinsic. And I think that like being able to enjoy, be grateful for respect, be excited about the now, um, and simultaneously where you're going, because I, I think so many of us are just really fixated on where we're going and forget to live in the now. I want to like instill in myself and every person that I know, or even people I don't freaking know at all, <laughs> that just like, there's nothing like true presence and true joy. And like, we, we just talked about it before, Ju, like if we're not happy, if we're not like I- experiencing the now, then what are we here for? You know? So I think just embodying more of that throughout every day that I have is, is, has become so much more important to me and I'm not great at it. I'm definitely not, (laughs) but I'm working through it actively. Mm. Um, and it's just definitely something that I wish I told myself earlier on in my twenties as well, because I think I was always chasing something, whether it was a number on the scale, whether it was having more money, whether it was, you know, just uh, social events or being the best at a specific category, getting awards, whatever it may be, all with good intention, like all really rooted in either wanting to make an impact on people, wanting to make, you know, create a better life for people in my family, whatever it may be. Um, But it never allowed me to like fully just exist and live and appreciate the person that I already am like along the way. I love that. It's so true. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I just think it's so cool how you're able to recognize that now. Like it's taken me so long and so many people that I know so long, so many people I know who haven't even come to that realization yet. Um, I love that you've been able to share this and share your experiences. Thank you both so, so much for being here. Where can everyone find you? Because there are many, many people listening who I think could find a lot of value um, in, in your podcast and your guests. And just, again, like I said, I wish I had had a resource like this in my 20s. Yeah. Oh, of course. No, thank you so much for asking. You could find us really anywhere at this point, right? But on, on Instagram at Roaring Twenties Podcast, our personal Instagrams, I mostly use my balance with Brenda account and Julia's is Julia underscore Tolchin, right? Yes, it is. There we go. She once changed her handle and I was like, wait, I'm really thrown where off. Where are you? <laughs> I know. I was like, where did she go? Um, we're also on YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can always email us. It's just Roaring Twenties Podcast at gmail.com. And we would be so excited to connect with you guys. Our community means so much to us and we're really making efforts all the time to make women feel less alone throughout the the process of navigating their 20s yay thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed the show be sure to rate and review and also follow along on instagram at holistic.w.kristen and i will see you soon